0: rich people always flying off somewhere
1: <laughs> welcome to the vegan Vanguard a show about all things from the perspective of two revolutionary vegan women I'm Maureen. and I'm Mexi and today we're going to be talking about a number of things related to body image and gendered politics of food and um, yeah this myth of women or i guess any femme presenting people having to look naturally beautiful so we just want to give a little disclaimer to the listeners before we start that this is really like a processing session for us where we work through some of these issues around food and body image etc um together like in our personal lives um so with that we also just wanted to give a content warning before we start that we will be talking about like dieting, um, body image, eating disorders, sizeism, um, body shaming, etc. So, yeah, Just before we start, we just wanted to let you know that this will be on the docket for today. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to start. Well, first of all, we wanted to announce, or maybe you should announce
0: it, um, that Mexi is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and that i have a podcast with a doctor yeah so yeah (laughs) and i'm so fucking proud of you (laughs) thank
1: you uh yeah so i defended my dissertation actually it was a while ago now it was in december so i am doing zero visions but yeah i am technically a doc so
0: (laughs) yeah and you worked so hard and i feel like it was a a labor of love and tears
1: Many, yeah, many tears. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, Love and, and, and mostly
1: tears. Mostly tears. At this point, I like hate it, but it's... And the revisions are just tears, <laughs> yeah, no exactly, love. Exactly, right? So,
0: but yeah. So yeah, thank mm-hmm. you for
1: that announcement.
0: Yeah. What did you do your dissertation on? Um, I know, but our viewers might not. Um, well,
1: it's like one of those things where it's really hard to explain, but, um, I I basically looked at neoliberalism and conservation policies. So I looked at austerity politics and the effects that that would have on the politics of conservation practice. So I basically looked at controversies around privatizing national park services and um, the ability for public and indigenous actors to actually participate in decision making. Um, So yeah, if that made any sense.
0: Yeah, that sounds fascinating. (laughs) Um, have you planned to make a video on it? Mm,
1: not yet. Um, I, I mean, part of it. I made a video on um, the treatment of First Nations in Canada, which touches on a bit of it on one of the chapters. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll dive into it in a video <laughs> coming up. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, congrats!
1: Thank you. Um, okay, so we have a number of new patrons. To shout out this week, we have Omar, Helena, or Helena, Kyle Coquillette, Serena Gallagher. And Leslie from Mad Blender. So thank you so much to everyone who has very generously donated to us um, this month or this past couple weeks. Um, If you want to support the show, you can become a monthly patron. Um, We have that up on our website at Vegan Vanguard. And you can also give us a one-time PayPal donation.
0: Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Um, and thank you, special thank you to Mad Blender because I love her channel. Yeah, she's awesome. And yeah, she's super awesome. And I actually, I, I know that many people in the world are named Omar, but I'm wondering if it's the same Omar as the one who comments on my channel pretty often.
1: Um, last
0: name so, is. I don't. I'm not sure. I know this person's okay, last name. Never mind. I just know that I always see the username Omar, and they leave really nice comments. Hmm, so well, maybe it's the same one. It especially touches my heart if it's this person. <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, another way to support the show um, non-monetarily would be to share our episodes with friends um, or leave us a rating or a review on iTunes.
0: Do we have one yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We're going to keep on talking about this, you guys. I, I know. Like We're going to be guys, like, so do we have one yet?
1: I know. I keep so. checking. But. Yeah. Anyway. I feel
0: like it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's at this point we've over it's going to be so exciting when we have one. It's a lot of pressure for the listeners. They're like, well, uh, yeah. I don't know, there's a lot of fucking expectations around this first review. Yeah.
1: We're going to have to set up like a mighty Patreon reward for whoever <laughs> is like the first person to leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: Mm. <clears throat> so, shall we dive in? So, yeah, yes, yes, we should, because we have so many different topics to cover mm-hmm. in kind of no particular order. uh, Maxi and I have been voice noting about this episode like all week, and just I feel like in general, we talk about this so mm-hmm. much, but we I guess what prompt what what motivated this week in particular was that Maxi got a very upsetting and annoying comment on her channel. And <laughs> I don't know, we were getting so pissed ranting about it that we were like, fuck it, we're going to do an episode <laughs> on it this week. <laughs> so, do you want to start off by reading it? Um, sure. Actually, I
1: this person deleted it. So, it was actually a series of comments. Oh joy. Which all have now been deleted. So, it started on my um my Freedom for All video and this person came on and basically said that you know they really appreciated what i was saying and they loved my work and they agreed however it was off-putting that i was so um i can't even remember it was like you're too perfectly groomed <laughs> like you're obsessed with like excessive grooming and i was like pardon and it was like why do you keep like looking your- at yourself in the viewfinder and i'm like because I'm trying to record myself and trying to see, like, I'm, <laughs> when I look into the camera, that's what I see, right? I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, it was just very off putting. It was really just <clears throat> like, I don't like how groomed you are. And I was like, okay. And it actually kind of made me self conscious to the point that when I filmed my most recent video on radical food politics, I actually spent time thinking about, like, okay, what shirt should I put on that doesn't look like it's too professional or you know I me mean? like yeah what, what can I put on that looks a bit more casual and I was like okay I guess I can try and do my makeup in a way that is less obvious or like is less because I had a lot of color in the last the last video and so I was like okay maybe I can try and fix that so I actually had thought that I did like tone it down and that I had addressed this concern of excessive grooming. Um, Then I got this comment on my latest episode or my latest video. And I quote, I really appreciate and thank you for sharing what you research, but if you believe in anything that you say, why the fuck do you care so much about how you and your fucking hair looks? Your opinion, Ugh. quote unquote, which otherwise would be really powerful, is really diminished in my opinion by the obvious excessive concern you have with your not a hair out of place material image. You are oh, gorgeous. My God. Yeah. <laughs> You are gorgeous. Age-wise, your skin and hair is probably flawless, and if not, who cares? It displays a truth that nothing is perfect, which is good and a normal
0: thing. Oh, my God. It's like, who cares? Apparently you fucking care because you're policing my appearance.
1: (laughs) Right. And I'm just like, you know what? Like what? Age wise, I'm sure your skin is perfect. I'm like, okay, now that I've finally gone to a dermatologist, my skin is getting a lot better. But like, no, I have had a lot of problems with it my entire life. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry that I don't want to tell the story, Like, it tells a story. Like, yeah, the story of my eating disorder and my hormonal imbalance stemming from that for years and years and years causing me a lot of stress and harm to my skin and face. Like, yeah, like, is this Mm -hmm. a a story that I want to be telling to everybody while I'm just trying to educate them on political economy? Like, it is not. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it goes on. There's like, there's like a whole other paragraph, so... The image that you seem to want to portray, since you evidently look at, at it and at your videos, is feeding so wholeheartedly into the capitalist system that you claim to critique in your work. Because so many have been brainwashed by society over the years to think that they need to enhance their looks artificially and that this is their quote-unquote choice, just goes to show how deep and ingrained this issue is. And don't the cosmetic and pharmaceutical industries, vegan or otherwise, love it? Come on, Mexi, Please walk the talk.
0: Oh, my fucking God. I literally want to murder this person. Yeah,
1: it's not even done. Um, your content is so fabulous in its own right, and I doubt that your audience is drawn to it by your staged hair, makeup, and thumbnail expression. I oh, my get God. That thank I'll... you
0: for giving me approval, Mr. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm so right. thankful. I, I feel like he's doing this weird thing. We don't even know if this person's a band, but, like, he mm-hmm. is. Um, he's doing this weird thing that dudes do where they – are incredibly patronizing and criticize you, but then put in, like, a few comments in there, like, they're sort of hitting on you or, like, they're sort Mm -hmm. of complimenting you. And Mm -hmm. I feel like they're trying to see, okay, well, if if I get this person to be insecure enough and and I get her to think that, like, she really needs to look up to me for, like, knowledge and validation, then, like, it's a really good flirting tactic.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we've both experienced that. We have, well, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know if this person is um, male or, or how they identify, but yeah, really, it's just, ugh, yeah. So they go on, I get that I'll probably be criticized for this comment, but since it's a feeling I get every time I listen to one of Mexi's otherwise awesome videos, I just want to put it in the idea of accessibility out there. And I feel like, like, I, like jumping off of what you were saying, it's like, yeah, the only reason that it would be okay for me to do this is that they think that I'm quote unquote gorgeous. Like if I wasn't, right. then it would be like not okay to show your real self.
0: And that you're young and your skin isn't too wrinkly yet. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly right. <laughs>
1: Your skin is probably fine and you look fine, so you should just not do this. And I'm just like, yeah, is this the reaction that you have when you watch every single female YouTuber or Mm -hmm. is it just certain ones? (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this person deleted that comment. I was going to reply to it and they deleted it and I was like, okay. Um, But then they came back. And post another comment saying capitalism, where people are convinced that they need to dye and straighten their hair and cover their faces in makeup. And I replied to that one. Being Wait, what like, does
0: that even mean?
1: Like implying that like I'm just a sucker. Like a, okay. Like yeah, I'm just a slave to capitalism, and like I'm dyeing my hair and putting on makeup because I'm like a tool of the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so I replied to that one being like, your comments are incredibly ignorant. Um, I have naturally straight hair. Yes, I dye it. And yes, I put on makeup in my videos. Um, Like, please stop telling me how you want me to look while I'm delivering free content. This is how I'm comfortable presenting myself. Thank you very much. Like, you know, I I just really I have so much to say about this. Damn girl. But Mm -hmm. like, yeah, especially as a woman, um, you know, coming into the YouTube sphere and being like when I started, I was like, you know, one of the only women in the leftist sphere, really just the only like one of the only women talking about political economy specifically. So it was very male dominated. It was very it was a very different place than I was used to, obviously in like academia and obviously in spaces that were quote-unquote safe and that people would actually engage with you respectfully. Um like even just being a woman on this platform, I get so much attention from the like the alt right and neo nazis and everyone telling me to get back in the kitchen or that I don't deserve to vote or that I don't deserve Mm -hmm. to live or that, like, I'm out of my lane and just, Mm -hmm. like, I'm really sexually aggressive, like, demeaning stuff. So I'm, like, Mm -hmm. you know, to build myself up and, like, put myself out there and then, like, you're just as bad as them. Like you're just as bad as someone who would come on and say, you're an ugly whore. You need to get in the kitchen. Um, Because you're at the end of the day, you're still trying to police my appearance on this Mm -hmm. platform. I'm like, I'm literally here to share information and you like the information that I'm sharing. So why are you spending all of this time investing all of this time and energy telling me how to look and like shaming me for not looking the way that you think I should look when I'm delivering this content.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a lose-lose game. Uh, similarly, I feel like I've gotten comments, so many comments that are like, well, it's too bad that like you're so fucking crazy, you know, or you have these beliefs that are so wrong because you're otherwise pretty fuckable. And mm-hmm. it's like, so that's the people who don't like your ideas, but then the people who do like your ideas, like this person... Might say, like, you know, it's a shame because your ideas are great, but, like, you're, you know, putting on too way too much makeup or you're, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, can, can we just leave our appearance out of this, please? Mm-hmm. Or at mm-hmm. least can you just not put that in a comment and use it to, like, let a message seep through about my content?
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> No, exactly. And I'm just like, you know, for like male presenting YouTubers who get on there, like you don't really know if they've spent any time preparing, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not as equally visible to the naked eye, but I'm sure people actually, you know, don't go on there looking like they just got out of bed. And, you know, they obviously probably do something to prepare themselves to be on camera and be in front of the world. But it's just, you know, that much more obvious, I guess, with a woman because you can actually tell if she's washed her hair or brushed it or something. Whereas with men, it's like, okay, maybe they didn't do as much work. But yeah, it's just people don't want to see that labor that you put in. But I'm just like, ironically, like I put in more time and energy trying to appear less made up in this last video because I was self-conscious about that first comment. And I'm like, why am I spending time, you know, thinking so difficultly about how I need to look when I'm talking about this? Like, I just want to share this information.
0: Mm -hmm. And go on there looking how you feel most comfortable Right at the end of the day, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to put yourself out there. So, of course, I want to be comfortable with how I look. I don't want to look back at the video and be like, oh, geez, like... This looks terrible or – you know what I mean? I want it to look good as a video. Right. Yeah. So.
0: And one of the reactions like I had when you told me about that comment and I don't know. What we've been talking about is that women – you know, this whole trope of like looking more natural or men wanting women who supposedly don't put that much effort into how they look is – like, that person and thinking that they could tell how obsessed with your looks you were by your makeup, which probably took you, like, like, 17, like, 15 minutes, right, before Mm -hmm. the video, Mm -hmm. um, the whole idea that you can see how much effort someone puts into their appearance is, like, super flawed because women are really encouraged to put so much effort into their body and how they look, in ways that are otherwise not visible, right? So mm-hmm. they have to like fit a certain body size which can which can sometimes be like a fucking lifetime project, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. thinking about all the calories that you ingest and and there's so much advertising about how to make your skin soft, how to how to not have cellulite, like obviously mm-hmm. plastic surgery is a whole other industry. Um and also yeah, being quote-unquote natural is synonymous with being like very conventionally attractive mm-hmm. um and if if you're not that perfect image of beauty then you have to spend so you have to spend so much effort in trying to conform to it but those efforts aren't really taken are never taken into consideration mm-hmm. and obviously for like non-white women it's also like all the labor that goes into making black hair look a certain way to ascribe mm-hmm. to white beauty standards So just this whole idea that this person comes on and, like, scrutinizes your appearance and basically, like, shames you for being a hypocrite because you put on makeup, like, what, so do you think that if I didn't put on makeup, like, all of that other labor that we're constantly pressured to take on wouldn't exist?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get into like eating disorders later. But yeah, this person obviously does not know at all, like the struggles that I have been through in terms of eating disorders my entire life, like skin issues, body image issues. Um, Like I was so thin for so long, and it was so unhealthy for me it was so unnatural and to the point where i developed chronic illness and like a hormonal imbalance um and so now i've you know gained a, quite a lot of weight back and it was very hard for me at first dealing with this new body um this new image because i had spent so much of my life dealing with these terrible issues um like inside my own mind and so it's taken a lot for me to actually be body positive in the body that I have right now. And so for me to actually get to this place and then kind of, you know, go out online and then to still have people scrutinizing me and saying that, you know, forget all of that drama that you've been through your entire life. Like just present your natural self. It's like you have no – Blue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, maybe, yeah, I'm. It sh- it is problematic that I have been raised in this environment and that I do have these issues. And I, yeah, it does have a lot to do with capitalism. But like, you're not like you just telling me like, forget about it is not gonna solve anything for me. You know what I mean? It's just gonna make me feel even more self conscious about like, well, shit. Yeah, I guess I still am caught in like my terrible... You know what I mean? Even though I'm like, I feel like I've progressed so much and gotten to this place where I do actually feel okay in my
0: body, you know? hmm Right. And maybe at an earlier time when your, you, you know, your mental health was actually a lot worse and a lot more tied to capitalism or the things that this person criticizes, but where you looked, quote unquote, more natural because maybe mm-hmm. your skin was better at that time or something like that. Or maybe, I don't know, you... Mm-hmm you wore less makeup, just the audacity to think, I I don't even want to say the audacity because I do think that our, our culture just like thinks like this. Like I think this attitude is super prevalent, unfortunately, but that the person can just judge and like have an accurate depiction of how much effort you do and don't put into your appearance is just totally Mm -hmm. wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. And like they have no idea what I look like in my daily life. Like I hardly wear makeup in my daily life. I mean, I work from home. I really don't put some effort in if I'm just going out to a store or something like that. But like if I'm going out to see friends or something, it's like, yeah, I'm going to wash my hair and brush it and maybe I'll put on some makeup. Like I don't think that's the hugest deal. It's kind of mm-hmm. like those people who like <laughs> who they, you know, they try and put down anti-capitalist by being like, oh, you're an anti-capitalist, but you still use things that were made by through capitalism. Like, oh, Right. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> you didn't think like, about that did you yeah exactly right like oh you're talking about anti-capitalism but you have makeup on your face oh like yeah. what
0: Like, <laughs> right, it's like oh you're right scratch that the system's yeah. great
1: yeah right like never mind forget my entire message
0: know. Uh, it's just like mm-hmm. very upsetting well should we talk about I don't know the gendered politics of food a little bit I think we should and (laughs)
1: I've been talking well I've been talking a lot about me so maybe you can start with um I
0: know but I feel like this I I feel like this earlier part of the episode is really I don't know is like more relevant to your experience like I'm happy to jump in but I also think that what you have to share is really valuable so okay so, so i don't girl, really th- so fly away <laughs> i don't really know where to start
1: i guess i'll start with um the relationship with food that i had like in my family and my family's general relationship with food um so i come from like you know an italian background and I don't know, my nana was kind of just the typical, like, eat, eat, like, your skin and bones, like, eat your food, you know, (laughs) and, like, and, like, cooking up all the stuff and, like, if you left food on the the table, she'd be, like, no, like, you had, like, you had to finish the food on your plate, even if you were full, it was, like, no, you finish it, it wasn't, like, listen to your body Mm -hmm. and let your body tell you if you were full, (laughs) it was, like, finish all the food, you know, So anyway, yeah, we ate kind of like trash growing up, Um, especially like my mom worked a lot and it's not her fault. Like we just my family just had no idea of like what was healthy food and what was not like we ate McDonald's all the time. We had Pizza Hut like every day from school. Actually, they, they would send me to school with like a Coca-Cola and Lunchables. I don't know if people are old enough to know what Lunchables are, but they're just like these packaged meals that are just like fake it was like fake little pizzas or fake little like crackers and shit Mm -hmm. um and then like dunkaroos and joe louis and like fruit roll-ups it was just like candy and then i would come home and i would just eat candy and until dinner which was like whatever (laughs) like we had we had like good food sometimes but like just the amount of like shit that we ate on top of that was ridiculous. Um and my mom and my nana um were overweight and like so was I as a child. And they really like hated their bodies. Like they would always be super self deprecating. Um like my nana would like not go out to parties because she would be like, oh I don't look good enough. Like I don't look good enough. My mom would be the same way. But anyway, so I feel like that kind of like translate or trickled down to me um because um like my mom a lot of the time would look at me and be like oh like you're getting fat like we need to put you on a diet you know we need to do this and that and I was like well like you're feeding me you know what I mean I would get really offended because I I was already a bit self-conscious because I was a little kid that was like a bit more overweight and yeah, I mean that's just like hard to be as a kid. So I was already like. Mm. So then she would say this kind of stuff, and I would just be so mad. I'd be like, "You need to go on a diet!" <laughs> like, I would just like, mm-hmm. you know, flip out. So I already had like pretty bad, like, you know, body image or feeling of food. I just want to give like a little disclaimer that like I'm not saying that you know eating junk food is horrible or that it's necessarily going to make you overweight or that it's necessarily going to mean that you have a disordered eating with food or it's the same thing that you know if someone appears to be overweight you can't like there's no way of knowing that they actually just sit around eating junk food all the time so I'm not saying that um like me now like it's it's definitely hormonal like my whole body it doesn't really matter what I eat you know what I mean like I could eat whatever um I could eat nothing and my body will react in a certain way so you really can't you really just can't tell like from looking at a person, like, what they're eating. Totally. um, But anyway, so even despite all of that, I still felt pretty confident because I feel like this was back – this was before the days of, like, the internet even, or, like, it was, like, the early days, like, when I was, you know, in my early teens and <laughs> the stuff. Early days. Yeah, the early days where, like, things just weren't so – like, not everybody was online and everybody was connected. Like, you had cell phones, but you would just, like, text each other. You didn't have, like, smartphones or anything. Um, and I still felt, like, rather confident in myself. Um, I don't know. I just had this, like, kind of complicated con- complicated relationship with myself and with food. Um, like, I really – I didn't understand why I was bigger than other people um, because I saw them eating similar things, but they were thin and I was not. Um and obviously i just felt really bad like my mom would like put us on these diets all the time like she'd be like okay we're going to do atkins and then that would last like a couple of weeks and we'd like just die or fall off of it and then be like okay now we're going to do this new one right so it was just like this yo-yo dieting and me just feeling all the time like i wasn't getting anywhere and just like really like upset um so then i left home went to university and, um, I started to, well, I learned a lot, like I was in environmental studies and anthropology and I actually started to learn about the, the global meat industry. And how fucking unsustainable and disgusting it was, and just how, like, it was the most pressing problem. Like, we had to stop eating meat. So I was like, okay, Um, I went vegetarian. Um, And I feel like that was the first time that I was, you know, outside of the house. I started to live with other girls who had very different relationships with food um, than I had had growing up. Um, And I, yeah, I just kind of fell into this. Thing where I used my vegetarianism as a way to like legitimize what was like growing extreme orthorexia. Like I would just be like, oh, you know, um, it would just it would just give me an excuse to not eat all of this like junk food that I would normally eat. Cause I was like, oh, I can't, I'm vegetarian. Like, oh, I can't eat it. So I would just eat like literally vegetables. I was so unhealthy though. I ate like vegetables and cheese. I would not eat carbs. I thought carbs made you fat. So I, I would like sooner die than eat a carb. I did not eat like desserts. I was just, yeah, it was just extremely problematic. And I was working out like a like I've always been very, very athletic. Even when I was a kid, I was super athletic and I was really good at sports. Um, I was really good at soccer and everything. And so I just kind of maintained that, but because I was just kind of stopped eating, um, it was really problematic. And then um I really I really upped my workout game once I saw that I was getting results. And then it just really fed into this like cycle, like this snowball cycle of me just, yeah, eating as little as possible and really like, yeah, not eat, like eating just literally vegetables um and wow. working working out so much. So I was, oh my gosh, I was real thin. It was ridiculous. um And it was such a strain on my body, but I didn't really realize and I was just so happy. Well, I wasn't happy. I was obviously like <laughs> – extremely tortured and yeah (laughs) extremely depressed and had a lot of problems um but I was just so like the one thing that I was like wow like look at me like I finally did it like I finally figured it out and I would like talk to my family as if like I knew like I was the expert on nutrition um I mean and the sad thing was that I was pretty much following like a sports nutrition kind of a thing. Like so many like sports gurus will tell you, like, if you mm-hmm. wanna cut, like eat yep. eat protein, eat vegetables and that's yep. it. And so that's what I was doing. I was just yep. eating vegetarian protein vegetables and that's it. And so I was like oh I was I gonna I've-
0: say it sounds extreme like when you're when when you're describing it now mm-hmm. with like hindsight and like yeah, critical hindsight on your situation, but, like, this sounds like so many, like, diet plans or, like, mm-hmm. open any fitness magazine today and, like, I don't know, they're encouraging mm-hmm. this type of behavior. It's, like, yeah. so fucking normal.
1: I know. It, it really wasn't just me sitting there, like, coming up with this, but myself. Yeah. I, I would go online and look at, like, because I was I was doing weightlifting. I was doing, like, extreme cardio, like, biking 100K. I was doing, like, all of this super fit stuff so I would go online and look like okay what's the best bodybuilding diet or like what's the best way to like cut and like whatever um of course I was always skipping the bulk part of that and I was just doing like a constant cut (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but still that's like that's like what I was seeing so I was like okay and so yeah I mean I would talk to my family as in like you know because everyone was just like, wow, you're so disciplined. You're so, oh, I wish I had your discipline. I wish it, you know what I mean? Um, and I wish I like could do what you do. And I was like, Well, it's like easy, like, you know, and I just kind of talked as if I knew what the fuck was going on. Meanwhile, it was like putting such a strain on my body because when you work out, and <laughs> yeah, also, like obviously I was eating no carbs, so I needed stimulants to keep me going constantly. So I drank coffee all day like i did not drink water i drank coffee continually Mm -hmm. um and uh, even
0: later in the day
1: oh yeah (laughs) like i could drink coffee like after dinner and then like go to bed you know what i mean i just drank it like all day um and which is
0: so funny because you're so sensitive to it now well that's why
1: (laughs) Like I really fucked myself up, so this is a cautionary tale to everyone (laughs) to not do what I did at all. Um, So, I mean, first of all, when you drink that much coffee, it messes up your cortisol level levels. Cortisol is your stress hormone, so it heightens your your stress hormone. And when you put that too much out of balance all the time, um, it starts to to tax your adrenals. Um, Another thing that heightens your stress hormone is when you're like doing a lot of physical activity, like if you're working out a lot, that is a stress on your body. So it also increases, um, your stress hormone and, um, it taxes your adrenals. So your adrenals are outpouring the stress hormone all the time. Um, and kind of keeping your body on fight or flight mode and they're just becoming exhausted. And then you get to a point where, um, Your cortisol – like, it's supposed to be that when you wake up, your cortisol is high so that it kind of, like, lets you wake up and gets you ready for the day and, you know, so that you're you're ready in your kind of fight-or-flight mode in the morning to, like, get going. And then it's supposed to drop down at night so that you feel calm and whatever and you can go to bed. But when you – keep stressing your body too much and tax your adrenals out, then what happens is that flips and you have this surge of adrenaline at night when you're trying to go to bed. So you're exhausted, but it's like you're tired, but wired you can't sleep. And then not sleeping mm. is another thing that raises your cortisol, which like messes it up even more. And then when you wake up in the morning, it's low. So you have, you feel really sluggish. You can't get out of bed, etc. So eventually that started happening to me. Um And this took years. Like I'm talking, like I put- did this to myself over a period of like 10 years. So, um, that started happening to me. I was losing sleep. Um, I started developing like insomnia, um which just made things even worse. And then it made me rely on coffee even more during the day, and just like everything was just so stressful in my body. And then eventually, that led to um hypothyroidism, which just like threw my body into a whole meltdown. And that is basically like your thyroid control so much in your body um, and your metabolism and everything. So I was gaining weight and I didn't understand why I was gaining weight. And so I would just like eat less and work out more, which obviously just made things even worse. Um, so anyway, eventually I figured out like what the hell was going on. Um, it's actually, that's actually when I decided to go vegan. It was a couple years ago, um, because, um, I had seen, like, freely the banana girl say that she had cured her thyroid problem with her high-carb, low-fat diet, so I was like, oh,
0: great. Did she say that?
1: Yeah. Um, Did she
0: say, did she say specifically... What has that girl not cured with a vegan diet? That's what (laughs) I want to know.
1: She said she cured her low thyroid function with the high carb, low fat vegan diet. I mean, I have to say that it really actually did help because I did that for a long time Mm -hmm. and then my thyroid function was restored. So my thyroid is fine now, but I'm still like even years after that, I was suffering with adrenal fatigue and issues with my endocrine system. So I'm still dealing with that like – imbalance and like Mm -hmm. you know so still dealing with um with that I'm getting so much better now like I'm I'm finally feeling like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm like I'm pretty much almost better I would say um which is amazing but it honestly took so long and there was there was a long time where I just felt like nothing is ever gonna get better and I just totally fucked my whole body and like I'm done. Like I'm never going to be able to do anything again. I'm never going to be able to, yeah. It was just awful. Um but yeah, I mean part like I would love to say that like I was just immediately cured of that body image issue um when I decided to go vegan and like you know, focus on my health because the high carb thing it was like you eat a ton of calories. And so for me that was like crazy. Cause I had always like, just, I had gotten to the point where I knew the calories that were in every single food. You didn't even like, it wasn't even like an effort to me. I could just look at a meal and be like, I know exactly how many calories are in there. Um, so I went from that to just being like, okay, I can eat like 3000 calories of like high carb vegan food. And so, but I was like, part of my impetus for doing that was that it was like, that whole diet was advertised as like oh you well, you'll also get super skinny so it was like okay great i'll eat as much as i want i'll cure my thyroid but i'll also be really thin like it really mattered to me that i didn't like gain a bunch of weight still cuz i was still gaining it with the thyroid problem so yeah like only now do i actually feel like i've accepted my body and that i'm like totally out of that mindset and it's just like a huge sigh of relief but like yeah how many fucking years did i spend in my life, like, destroying myself and, like, leading to mm-hmm. these problems that I've had now. I mean, I I took a year longer than I needed to, to take to finish my PhD. Like, I basically just wasted a year of my life being sick because I spent so long mistreating myself and, like, not accepting mm-hmm. my body for what it was.
0: Mm-hmm yeah yeah thanks for sharing that whole story mm-hmm. with everyone that's listening. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that must have been that wasn't super easy. right. Um, so
1: kids listening don't do that.
0: <laughs> so I have a question. Um, when you were in that mindset of being you know of obsessively working out and and being really careful with your diet, et cetera, did you I don't know exactly how to word this, but I know we've talked a lot about the trope of like the natural girl and trying mm-hmm. to be cool and trying to be similar to dudes and not giving a fuck about anything. And anyway, we're going to get that into, we're going to get into that later in the episode, but how did this like obsessive mindset mm-hmm. affect that? And how did you portray, how did you portray it to people? Did you try to mask mm-hmm. it or did you mm-hmm. try to, I don't know, take on a new trope of the girl who was like super athletic and like naturally didn't want to eat cheeseburgers Mm -hmm. or
1: yeah that was exactly it the thing is that like I have a very like obsessive personality in general so like if I decide to do something then I just do it and so everyone was just like oh like Mm -hmm. I wish I had your discipline and I was like really like what it came down to was that I just like hated how I looked before so badly that I was like oh this works I'm gonna do it like it wasn't even a a consideration for me to to want to go back it was like oh this is working i'm gonna do it you know what i mean so i very much did portray it as like oh i'm just like super healthy and i'm just like i just i'm super athletic um and the thing is like mm-hmm. i was super athletic but i just wasn't feeding my mm-hmm. body so people didn't really know that they were just kind of like wow like yeah look at the results like that's you know that's nuts like I don't know. Yeah. So I really did portray it as in like, this is just my new lifestyle and I'm just like a super athlete and this is how super athletes Mm -hmm. look and this is what super athletes eat. Like we don't fuck around. You know what I mean? Like we don't, you know, eat Mm -hmm. junk or like ice cream or whatever. So Mm -hmm. but it was like like it was a thinly veiled veneer i mean like i would go out to i remember i went to this wedding i was always like really concerned about what the vegetarian meal was because usually people like at that time there wasn't a lot of like chefs that really knew what to make for vegetarian so they would just make pasta and of course carbs for me was a big no-no um So they would like bring me out this pasta and I would be like, no, I don't want this. Like, please just bring me like vegetables and like, or the salad or like the sides that are going with the other thing. And then like in my purse, I would have brought like tofu or something to go with it. (laughs) Like, I'm so serious. I would bring my own food to be like, okay, I'm eating this. And then I could see people around Mm -hmm. me being like, whoa, like, are you serious? And I was just like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? And then, of course, dessert would come and Mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, I don't want it. But, like, my partner would always eat double dessert because he knew I wouldn't eat the dessert. So that was, like, a save for me because otherwise I would just be sitting there awkwardly being like, I don't want it or, like, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. 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 Did you want to – talk at all about like the idea of different bodies being perceived differently when they when they eat certain things Mm -hmm. because like that was something that I know that you experienced a lot
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so I made a video sort of recently about this called my gendered relationship with food like before going vegan Mm mm-hmm but as a person who – the reason that I asked that question a couple of minutes ago about, like, how you maintain the appearance of being, like, natural and cool, even though you had this very obsessive, like, attitude with food, was because so much of my life was spent trying to be, like, cool and trying to be natural um, and – Especially as a teenager, I think I really built up my identity around that being, um, just being, like, super friendly with everyone and being very close to all the men in my life and holding them to much lower standards than I would hold any woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, really, really, really (laughs) stark difference there. Like, so during, I've always been super thin, Mm -hmm. like... Um, and I hit puberty really late. Like I was just, I was like that girl who was like 16 and who just had the body of a little girl or Mm -hmm. whatever, um, and was like super, super thin. And during puberty, I, my body definitely changed. And especially I went on the pill, Mm. which really like, yeah, changed the way that my body looked and actually like really me up in a lot of ways. Mm, um, like I just had so much water retention, and I got really. bad I would just get incredibly like swollen. Like I would get really swollen breasts and chest, and um, stretch marks everywhere. Um, whenever that time of the month came about, like it was just like very intense. And so, during that period, I would say that I was at a more like quote unquote normal weight, whatever the fuck that means. Mm. Um, but that when I when I went off the pill. I was like 22 or something. Um I just went right back to my like weight before the pill or I just I lost a lot of weight. Um mm-hmm. and I was also just under like a lot of stress in college and whatever. Um I was like super thin and I still am super thin. I think people who don't know me and who haven't eaten with me and who don't know my relationship with food like wonder um, if I have an eating disorder, and I'm really okay with it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, as okay as you can be, meaning that I'm I'm very confident in my way of eating and caring for my body, so it doesn't get to me as much. Mm-hmm. But for a really long time, it like almost uh, I don't know, traumatizing is a bit too is a bit too intensive a word, maybe. But it was like I would spend so much time thinking about like how I was being perceived by other people and making sure that like I did everything in my power to make them know that I didn't have an eating disorder like Mm -hmm. I just always had to like eat hamburgers in public and like drink beer and like do all this stuff that I didn't even want to do or didn't privately do Mm -hmm. um but I was I was super nervous about having an eating disorder and I think that that was directly tied to how badly i wanted to be like a cool girl and how much that image of the overly controlling like food freak didn't fit that image Mm -hmm. i do think that women are scrutinized in a particular way due to the diet culture that we live in it always strikes me as very interesting that on the one hand diet culture is so pervasive all we talk about is how to eat less calories and lose less weight. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, weight loss is still veiled in this rhetoric that makes you think that it's a secret. You know, it's always like three secrets to like lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that capitalism hugely benefits from because they still can sell you the idea that you can be a size zero if you're naturally a size six or a size eight or size 10. Um, when we know actually like your quote unquote potential to lose weight, according to your body type is already like super biologically determined. Mm -hmm. But then I also think that that reaffirms this sort of pathologically secretive relationship we're supposed to have with our food. Mm. um, And people like trying to find out what a certain person eats to look the the way that they do. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that also contributed to my awareness that people were very aware of what I ate. And I think that with men, the rhetoric around weight loss is really different. And it really centers around like strength and protein. Mm -hmm. And like I I completely think that um, the obsessive like working out wellness culture with men is also – very oppressive and very problematic mm, yeah. and leads to a lot of body shaming. Mm, yeah. But I I I'm not sure that there is the same sort of like secretive mystique about their diets. Mm -mm. And I've also, like, I've really noticed with the men around me, the men in my life, like, even men that I've dated or men that are close to me, like, sometimes they talk about food. Like, they obviously have a problem with food. They go through these very intensive workout binges where they're hitting the gym, like, once or twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, They're eating super low calorie. They're obsessed with their macronutrients. Mm -hmm. And then they'll also have these binges that go the other way where, um, you know, they have cheap days and they eat way, way too much according to them. And, mm-hmm. um, and they talk about calories obsessively. And sometimes I, I look at that and I'm like, I, I can never imagine myself talking about food that way. And I cannot imagine like the level of alarm that I would set <laughs> off around me if I ever, spoke about food that way Mm -hmm. so what the person says about the relationship with food is going to be interpreted by society so differently um based on the gender that they are and the size that they are as well because obviously if you're bigger and you're talking about um restricting your like your food you know people think it's totally normal for you to be on a diet and they think that larger people can't have eating disorders
1: absolutely um yeah that's a really good point that like these body image issues and eating disorders or whatever are you know not just for women i definitely know men who have similar to what you're just describing um disordered relationships with food either either binging or binging and then going the opposite direction and working out and counting calories and being very obsessed with you know making sure that every single meal is you know, encompasses the perfect macronutrients and the exact right, like weighing out their food, etc. But it's true that people would not scrutinize um, that man the same way that they would scrutinize a woman doing the exact same thing. A woman doing the same thing, it would be like, okay, you have a problem, you know, and the men doing it are like, oh, you must just really you know care about athleticism and um yeah just mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah it's a problem yeah so
0: i also think it's very difficult to have a healthy relationship with food like in the society that we live in um and also feel like you have ownership over your relationship with food and your relationship with your body because at least for me i think i was so concerned that other People thought I had an eating disorder and also I would just constantly get remarks on it. I I feel like it's, yeah, if you're telling someone they're like too thin or if you're like, quote unquote, complimenting how tiny they are, there's just like no fucking limits. It was just, I mean, it was, it still is like all the time, constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, people Mm -hmm. like feeling like they have the right to make remarks on my body because because they're telling me something that society thinks is a good thing um, or because, like, they're so obsessed with their weight that that they think it's always a compliment if you tell someone they're too thin or mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're perfect or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Like, oh, and, have you lost weight?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, like, one little comment like that, especially at the height of just growing up and how worried I was that that other people thought I had a problem with food. Yeah. Um, yeah, one little comment like that can like throw off your whole day, you know? I, I just don't think that people comment should comment on other people's bodies. Like mm-hmm. literally ever. Mm-hmm. Unless I don't even I don't even know if there's an unless. Like, yeah, unless like actual opinions are solicited or whatever. It's just not okay ever to comment on someone's body. I, I really feel super strongly about that now. Mm-hmm. Um but but I think that society politicizes women's relationship with food so much that it it becomes hard as a woman to have, feel like you have ownership over over the relationship you have with food like i know that for me i i was always like well do i like i i like working out and i like going for runs and i was like well is it healthy for me to go for a run like do i really want to go for a run like should mm-hmm. i do i have a problem do i have, you know the words we use to articulate to ourselves what is healthy um, what is normal, what is too much, what is too little, have already been so thoroughly defined by our culture that is obsessed with food and weight. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that a lot. How yeah. how to relate to the food we eat to nourish ourselves, which is, at least in our individualistic way of life, perhaps the most repetitive, personal, intimate choice we make mm-hmm. using words that are already so saturated by the societal conversations by like societal conversations that are exterior to you mm-hmm. um I almost feel like because of this we're robbed of a certain autonomy when it comes to our body image um and I like obviously don't know how to fix this uh maybe inventing a whole new vocabulary um but I, I don't really know how feasible that is but yeah I mean, <laughs> did that make any sense
1: yeah it did um yeah I think there's definitely an, an issue like in kind of like a Foucaultian sense I feel like um, like none of our choices or desires or whatever are right completely separate from the the world around us or like the way that we've been socialized, etc. Or like the social norms that we um like internalize day by day. So yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of these things are like deep-seated that you don't even kind of you don't even realize. I mean, it took me how many years to realize that this was a problem and that actually yeah I should be not treating my body or myself this way like it takes a lot you know um but I still love mm-hmm. working out you know what I mean like I still I'm still athletic even though like my body's yeah, changed and whatever so yeah it's it's not a bad thing but it's just when it starts to like take over your whole mind and your whole life and yeah
0: yeah and what I Spec- what I talked about specifically on my channel was how difficult – like, imagine everything that I've just described to you, like, about my just heightened awareness that people were extremely aware of, like, what I was eating all the time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Under that climate, learning about veganism and deciding mm-hmm. that for ethical reasons I wanted to be vegan mm-hmm. – um, and I was just like, how how am I going to do this? How am I going to, like, come out to people as vegan? Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, my worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for very, like, personal reasons. Not, not because I didn't feel super passionate about the plight of animals, but that I was thinking, like, this is just going to be perceived as a cover-up by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's just not very cool of a cool girl to, um, you know, not eat, like, ribs and hamburgers all the time to all of a sudden be like the downer who like can only eat vegan food um so I actually feel like veganism since like my ethical stance on it was strong enough to make me want to go vegan um and I felt like I was like on this train that I couldn't get off anymore you know like (laughs) like you can't unsee what you've already seen or Mm. know what you've I was just like fuck it like I I there's no way I I I'm gonna keep on eating animal products. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it forced me to confront a lot of these insecurities because I had I kind of had to take on the label that like had been my worst nightmare almost for so many years of mm-hmm. uh, being perceived as this person who does have this like inc- incredibly restrictive diet. And so I feel like it empowered me after, you know, definitely like scaring me for a couple of months to really take ownership over like even a lot more of my beliefs Mm -hmm. um, and really have to not care what other people thought as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I had already done that with a lot of things about like feminism and and, like anti-racism at that point. But I think something as personal as like veganism and your own diet and having to publicly defend it all the time Actually, like, really liberated me. I think from a lot of the more insidious cross I was bearing by myself. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I was gonna say. So, do you feel as though you're on the other side of it now, in terms of like, you know, you've made it <laughs> with with food, with food, and like the the cool girl trope, and like just kind mm. of being okay with who you are.
0: Yeah. Um, with food, definitely, I think. Um, also, because because I feel so passionately about veganism, mm-hmm. that that's another thing. Like, I eat for myself, for sure, for fuel, but I also eat for – or, you know, my diet has such a political implication now mm-hmm. that – and I believe so strongly in it mm-hmm. um, and feel like I'm defending such a larger thing that that actually helped me feel less um, – and and this connects to what I was saying before, having something, like, so private as your relationship with food be influenced by things that are, like, so public and pervasive. The fact that there's a political public element to something in my diet and what I'm choosing to eat is actually – is also something that's liberating in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no. So I think that with my relationship with food, like, pretty much fully – Mm -hmm. um also because I'm just so (laughs) unapologetic about like being vegan and um I just love eating the idea of like eating plants and stuff like I do think that that has something to do with it I think I was never fully comfortable with eating meat maybe or I Mm -hmm. anyway so so for that for the cool girl trope like for sure I think that um I've come a long way I've notably analyzed and deconstructed a lot of my relationships with the men that are close to me in my life. And I realized in hindsight that I really tried to emulate a certain image of a successful woman in their eyes to just construct, honestly, like my entire self as a teenager. I mean, I was always super opinionated, but I would always be like opinionated, but still laugh at like crude sexist jokes, or like mm-hmm. I was still critical of other women if they were and if that. Mm-mm made me cooler in their eyes and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously, since I have, like, views just on most things that are at such odds with <laughs> a, a lot of, like, society, I think that by default, it kind of makes me like an uncool girl, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in dating, I still struggle with it. Uh, when I date men, I think that it comes through a lot, um, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um And I don't find myself acting that way at all when I date women. But I think, like, with men, I'm constantly trying to show that I'm, like, not too attached, um, that I'm (laughs) super independent, that – you know, all these things that, like, yes, I am. But I've internalized so much the kind of – the trope of, like, the nagging wife or the nagging girlfriend that doesn't let, like, a dude just, like, be – just like lie around with his buddies and like eat chicken wings and like watch the soccer game and like oh why doesn't she just stop being such a bitch and like oh my god like she's trying to like put a ring on it and I just want to like fuck around a little more like whatever I I really think that I was so conditioned by that and I, I really try to unlearn it but I have a very hard time being uh I have a very hard time like voicing criticism that are legitimate but I'm just so scared of being seen as, like, a whiner, I think, mm. with the men that I date. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't know. I mean, I still am super, super uh, transparent about my beliefs, like, my political beliefs. About everything I think about, like, veganism and sexism and, and capitalism, etc. But I think that, like, with them... I'm just so scared of being critical of anything that they do or of being, like, portrayed as, like, a downer. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is definitely something that I've really tried to work on. But I know that it's something that I've talked with you about a lot and that, like, you've heard me struggle with sometimes where I'm just, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I just want him to know that I'm not looking for commitment because, like, (laughs) a lot of times I'm fucking not. And, like, why – i mm-hmm. and you know, I've been told by men before like you know you I just assumed that you wanted commitment or like you want too much commitment or something like that, and I'm like, why am I always why like women are just assumed to want that all the time, and why do I feel so embarrassed if I did want that, and that's obviously because there's this whole larger implication of how annoying those kinds of women are in society, mhm, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I've definitely um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question yeah. but I do think things are a lot better That's good. um and also I mean you know I, I think a big step has been being on okcupid and being on certain dating apps and being like incredibly forward about my political stances right off the bat like my okcupid profile is literally the most fucking polarizing thing <laughs> ever like I pretty much constructed it or just like wrote it out being like very unapologetic And with the aim that by the – if the person took the time to read it and they still messaged me by the end of the profile, they had to be fucking dope Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it was quite a ride, you know, (laughs) so.
1: Yeah, I'm not – like, I'm not on those things, but I feel like – if and when I do it, mine would be the same way. It'd be like, mm-hmm. message me only if you are a anti-capitalist feminist vegan. <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> right. And also, like, if you're not a dude who's going to fucking mansplain me and interrupt me and, you know, I feel like that has to be very, very forward as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've probably alienated a lot of my potential suitors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh well they're not oh, well they're not worth it if they're not you they know.
0: weren't worth it anyway <laughs> yeah so yeah. but but um maxi and i will link a lot of um articles about like the cool girl trope in the description bar in the what am i talking about this is not youtube mm-hmm. in the show notes mm-hmm. um because i know that like learning about the trope of like the manic pixie dream girl and the cool girl and um this whole myth about like natural effortless beauty like really did help me or just like articulated a lot of the pressures that i had been feeling mm-hmm. And we were also like reading a bunch of them before mm-hmm. recording this episode. We were like, yeah, we were like, we don't really know what this is going to, how <laughs> the episode's going to go, but we have a lot to say about all of this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
1: because I, I I, didn't really know what the cool girl trip was until you explained it to me. And then I kind of felt like, yeah, I've never really been that girl because like, for better or for worse, I guess maybe because I grew up in such a like, italian like in your face kind of a household where it was just like if you had thoughts or feelings then like you expressed them and like you expressed mm-hmm. them in like the most theatrical like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it really wasn't it was like tears yelling like you know what i mean like you expressed it right um so yeah i've just i've never been that girl that's like aloof or like you know oh I don't want commitment it's like no if you're dating me you're dating me like I've never been in a situation where it's like oh are we exclusive i wonder if i should ask if we're going to be like no like if you're dating me then we're exclusive you know what i mean mm. um i've just always really been like super intense like capital r romantic and it's like but i like i hardly ever like anyone that's the thing it's like i've only had like a few like really intense relationships because i'm like i don't i don't know i find it really rare to find that connection but then like when i do i'm like all right If you're going to be, like, monopolizing my time, then, like, you're going to adore it or, Mm -hmm. like, no, then you're not, you know what I mean? But, Mm -hmm. like, reading more about the trope, um, I did find that, like, I did fall into the cool girl trope, like, when I was in high school, like – because i i it was just, I kind of like i was raised by like really powerful women but they also like like my nana hated feminism like she was like you better not turn into one of those like feminist chicks or whatever mm-hmm. and like she was super powerful like she like didn't even have an education but she started like three businesses and like you know she was just amazing but she i guess still fell into that idea that like you know women don't need a leg up like we just need to do it for ourselves and like really ignoring like the structural oppression and like capitalism and patriarchy that would like impede women's ability to do mm-hmm. that um mm-hmm. and so i really fell into that when i was like a teenager and i was like the cool girl like i hated being a girl when i when i was growing up i really always wanted to be a guy not because i had gender dysphoria but because i didn't like how women yeah because they
0: got to like do more shit
1: yeah I was just like because all like when I was younger I was super athletic I wanted to play in the NHL and they were like oh you can't do that you're a woman and I was like fuck that and then, like mm-hmm. I was just so mad at like how women were treated how I was treated as like an idiot growing up um I just yeah I just really hated being a girl um so I really fell into that like cool girl trope of like being one of the guys and like making fun mm-hmm. of feminism and like yeah laughing at sexism jokes and everything that like so many young women like you're seeing them all over the internet now just like are the same like in service of the patriarchy like putting down feminism you know seeing themselves as in competition with other women like I definitely fell into that um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like it's political as well as like um just something that happens in your
0: relationships you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and when you were talking about like being raised by strong women. I definitely – I mean, my mom was, like, super, super opinionated and super strong. And I was – I mean, the women in my family were way more – like, the women – well, it was me and my mom. But we were way more emotional than the men. Like, and that is something that I tried to distance myself of as a teenager because it was portrayed as, like, hysteria mm-hmm. um, and just being overly nagging. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas like the men were just like much more like emotional and rational and I've always been like super intense, like super emotional. I had like as a kid, I mean, I was super anxious until the age of like 11 and then I got better. But I, you know, I cried a lot. I screamed a lot. I had temper issues. I Mm -hmm. would cry whenever I learned about like a terrible thing that was going on in the world. I was, I had this horrible fear of not falling asleep, Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I was just, I was just a really, like, just (laughs) tormented little kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was always very, like, opinionated and loud about it. And I, but always kind of told that that was, or always knew that that was seen as, like, very irrational and discrediting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think as a teenager, when I tried to become when I tried to fit more the image of, like, what would be a- attractive, what would be considered attractive and successful, I I was still opinionated, but I was always very careful that it was worded in a way that wasn't threatening to men and that wouldn't come off as, like, quote-unquote hysterical or mm-hmm. bitchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking,
1: like, um, we'll probably do a whole other podcast on this but um just the idea that women um like because they're seen as like emotional or hysterical or like um as weaker um like they're not taken seriously when they actually have problems like health problems etc I was thinking of like your family not taking you seriously when you had some serious health problems and then Mm -hmm. me not being taken seriously um, with my chronic health issues because it's just like oh well like you know there's always something wrong with you like you're always emotional over something Mm -hmm. so like what's Ah. this now you know what I mean it's just kind of like okay, but this is serious, and, like, you're just discounting my entire experience because it's, like, oh, well, there's always something wrong. It's, like, well, maybe there is, right. you know? <laughs> maybe it's right, chronic it's like illness.
0: men are – men have to be, like, the <laughs> rational, like, arbiter of your pain. And, right. And see if it's really worth something – like, worth taking this thing seriously or not. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, or they're just, like, fatigued, like, oh, well, this is the same problem that's been happening, so I don't care anymore, right? <laughs> like like – <laughs> it's like yeah it is chronic illness though so <laughs> right anyway
0: yeah take my fucking word for it yeah and
1: like give a shit maybe
0: hmm yeah
1: you know capitalism and patriarchy are so intertwined um and like these ideas of rationality and like showing no emotion etc are also in service of capital in terms of like you know rational committed disciplined workers produce good work you know what i mean like people who are Mm -hmm. erratic and emotional and just indulging in these things or it's like you're not productive you know what i mean
0: you want to be a robot
1: right or like the people who are rewarded with you know Positions of power are usually the most rational men and women in the workplace are seen as, like, a liability because, oh, they could start crying at any moment and, like, <laughs> you know what As I we mean? do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, and that's just seen as, like, and if a woman does get emotional in the workplace, it's, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up now. Like, that is not okay. And it's just, like. Absolutely. Yeah, but
0: sometimes men are so emotional and, like, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, irrational, you know, but mm-hmm. it's not – it's almost like, oh, he's – like, oh, he cried. He's sensitive. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Or but they're like,
1: just, like, expressing it through rage and anger and it just, like, mm-hmm. comes out in these terrible ways and then it's like, oh, well, they're not being emotional. They're just, like, real mad. They're just taking control of the situation. They're just, uh-huh. like, being they assertive. They don't take shit from anybody. Yeah, they're just being assertive and, like – you know, telling people what's what when really it's just like this is coming from a place of, you know, deep emotion.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and capitalism benefits so much off of like I mean literally the natural beauty trope is probably the number 1 dominant trope in like the multi-billion dollar mm-hmm. beauty industry. Mm-hmm. It's like making us believe that there is such thing as natural beauty while selling us these incredibly expensive time-consuming products which is literally contrary mm-hmm. to the whole idea that naturally natural beauty exists. Mm-hmm. Um absolutely. Like the fact that they've gotten us to somehow just stop seeing that contradiction and that natural beauty has been used is used again and again and again and again to sell us mm-hmm. literally everything. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Wild.
1: On Instagram now they they show you ads, right? So yeah. they're sending me all these like things for like clothes and beauty and whatever cuz I guess I'm a woman. So I've seen these ads now. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're called like facial cups and it's called cupping your face. And they say that Kim Kardashian and um, Gwyneth Paltrow are like really big into facial cupping. It's basically this yes. like suction cup that you suck onto your face and then like drag it around. And it it's supposed to like plump up and like kind of like firm up and like suck your face up into like... And you can do it, even do it on your lips so it kind of like sucks out your lips so it's like a natural plump and like mm-hmm. yeah, so it's like people are like sucking their face with these cups to like make it look just naturally firm and plump and wonderful. Oh my God. And yeah. then I saw another one that was even more intense than that. It was this like spinning gadget. It looked like I don't know, you know those like Quidditch Sometimes balls in like, like torture devices. Yeah you know those like in like harry potter the like quidditch thing that like spins around it it looked like that and you like spun it on your face again for the exact same purpose as like the facial cups so i'm like this Mm. person who sent me this comment i'm like you have no idea what people go through to look naturally beautiful and how that is also in service of capitalism like pretty much Mm -hmm. everything in this capitalist system is in service of capitalism you know Mm -hmm. even if you try and do something that's against the grain it's gonna be commodified if it has not been already so mm-hmm. like
0: bitch just let me Absolutely. just let me
1: <laughs> deliver my content just let me
0: fucking wear makeup in my video yeah. and please go consume someone else's free content right yeah
1: and i'm and, like ugh. and now you know my life history of like body image so please don't come at me talking about my fucking body or my appearance anymore
0: right. <laughs> you know? yeah um, mm-hmm. I really want to, I, I really want to talk to you more, um, and perhaps we should do this on air, but about, like, aging, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I just feel like sus- just how horrible and skewed the portrayal of aging is in our society, mm-hmm. it has really messed with my brain. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: oh, yeah, mine too. And, like, Especially- my relationship
0: with aging, like, mm-hmm. uh, my friend and I talk a lot about this, like, the fact that, you know, I'm 26, and I... I'm getting a few lines on my face and like, I hate how much I stare at them and Mm -hmm. worry about them. And Mm -hmm. it just, um, God, it's horrible. horrible
1: yeah like yeah uh, and I I'm even older than that um I started noticing that when I when I was like 28 I was like I have lines everywhere and like especially being (laughs) on like YouTube and Twitter and like it's such a like young demographic that's Mm -hmm. on there it's like it's pretty much dominated by people in like their early 20s or like Mm -hmm. teens you know what I mean yeah (laughs) so it's like
0: yeah I would definitely be down to talk more about that totally I've I've sort of been dealing with it by telling myself like, hey, Marine, this is, this is a hundred percent. This can only get worse. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is going. This is like some. You need to learn how to. You know, you need to learn to find these lines on your face and like just your mm-hmm. aging body, whatever, mm-hmm. like beautiful because it's only going to keep aging. Like this literally is a clock that like cannot be stopped, and it's mm-hmm. amazing and should be celebrated because I'm also just like growing into so many different things, and like there's mm-hmm. so many positive fucking things about aging. Like I love aging. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I need to be, I need to be okay, and more than okay. I need to be celebrating. Mm -hmm. Any sign of aging that I get on my body because otherwise, like, we're going to be miserable for our entire lives, you know?
1: Yeah, I, like, I've been kind of doing the same. Like, I feel like I'm actually finally, like, you know, like, fine with the age that I am because I'm just like, yeah, it's totally great. And, like, I have experience now. Like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> That's got to count. count for something. You can't do that when you're, like, in your early 20s. Um, but, yeah, so I laugh a lot. And I've pretty much noticed that, like, the lines that I do have on my face that have, like, come out in the past couple years – are like laugh lines like it's the mm-hmm. lines that come out when I am laughing and then I don't know I've seen a lot of like beautiful pictures or like I think there was like this um like photo project where they just showed like I guess older women smiling and but like they had like the most intense laugh lines and it was just so cool mm-hmm. and I was like yeah you know I laugh a lot these are my laugh lines
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing I love. I never look at, like, scrutinized lines on other women's faces Mm -hmm. or other men's faces. Like, I don't – I literally have never in my life thought, like, ooh,
1: their -hmm. skin has so
0: many wrinkles. That's really not cute. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet it's something that I – I think since we've been taught to, like, resist these signs on our faces, you know, or, like, come to – or that have been taught that we should be like fearing them and trying to get them to stop coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to completely deprogram myself from that. As oh yeah, definitely. Older.
1: Oh no, like we have to do a whole episode on this because I'm like I'm like neurotic. Like when I'm watching a yeah. like a show and there's like a female lead in it, I will 100% always Google her to see how old she is like 100% because I'm just like I'm just I'm just trying to compare I'm like okay so yeah like, that's if my you- <laughs> thing too
0: I'm like I'm just trying to know <laughs> and, and like- that's what's fucked up too I'm like I don't even mind if I get wrinkles but I want to know if compared to my age it is normal or if right. it is premature like what the fuck does that even mean
1: right no same same and I'm just like okay let me just like try and position myself in like okay like you're this age and you look like this I'm just trying to figure out like do I look like an old hag or like do I look like you know what I mean?
0: I'm just like yeah, and even the idea <laughs> of old hag is so fucking problematic and ageist. Oh, for
1: sure, for sure. But I'm just like trying to, you know what I mean? That like that's in my brain to the point yeah. that I that I actually will Google actresses to see how old they are in relation to me. You know, like that's messed up. Yeah, <laughs> I fully admit that that's like 100 messed up. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this rant. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's probably all we have to say for now.
0: Yeah, and I think, should we announce our, our next episode for the people who are still listening?
1: Yes. And so, so <laughs> the next episode, we'll be talking about alternatives to capitalism and addressing some of the questions that we get on our channels, like basically basically people saying like okay but what's the alternative tell me now what it is or just Mm -hmm. basically equating like or shut up or saying like so i guess you want like a bureaucratic totalitarian state where everyone is murdered like yeah that's exactly that's what i'm here advocating for (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah
0: yeah or people telling me i'm overly like naive Uh, overly naive and young little girl I'm actually excited because I feel like that's something when entering my 30s maybe I'll get a little bit less Mm. um no I I said all the time (laughs) you you what you get that? I get it all the time yeah god damn it yeah but yeah but you look so young girl people think you're like 22 see why are we complimenting (laughs) each other like that
1: (laughs) I know honestly like whenever someone's like oh I thought you were like 23 I'm just like you. yeah
0: yeah i mean that's fine but when they're like treating me like a teenager and i've gotten some super offensive comments mm. i like maybe you'll grow out of like your teenhood," but then mm-hmm. that's also linked to my weird body image and being afraid to like not look womanly enough mm-hmm. yeah man come come make come in full circle <laughs>
1: yeah. um so yeah that'll be next up
0: so yeah yep 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 yep
1: yeah so, so great cool. get excited for that's
0: that right thanks everyone for listening
1: yeah thank you and we'll see you in two weeks